Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Genesis chapter 2, if you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to look at the very first relationship. But before we look at the first relationship in our waiting, dating, and mating series, I just want to look at the first human being that God ever created before he even met Eve. And uh, his name is Adam. And Genesis is in the front part of your Bible. Maybe you're new to the scriptures. It is going to be in the, on the far left-hand side at the very beginning. And Genesis chapter 2 will be even further. There will be like a table of context. There will be a table of contents. There's going to be like this Bible was given to by on this date. And then right then, it's going to be like Genesis right there. So it should just be like the cover and six pages. And then you'll be into Genesis chapter 2. And uh, we love the word here. We don't uh, base our relationships on what the world says. We base our relationships on what the word says. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be founding how we see our relationships through the lens of God's word. We're Bible people. And uh, I'm going to take you through four qualities that Adam had before he even met Eve, which is important. Genesis 2, 15. um, It says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work come on somebody before the fall of man before the fall of man men had a job (laughs) they don't want to hear this this morning before the fall so your work is not a result of sin your work is to honor god because that's how he designed you to live So before the fall of man, he was already at work. (laughs) I gave the preach to somebody who's currently in the unemployment line. Just go to Popeye's and tell them you can be a cashier until you find something better. For the Lord God took a man. If If you're looking for a man today... If you're waiting for a man, make sure you find one with a J-O-B. All right, put that at the top of your list, all right? Can't be playing Call of Duty in his mom's basement. We are currently in a crisis with the men in our country, and I think we should go back to Genesis 2.15 and say, your work is not a result of sin. It's a result of honoring God. I ain't even even gotten to my notes yet. I already feel good. At all of our locations, turn to your neighbor and say, get to work. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I want to preach to you today from the subject, four qualities that Adam had before Eve. Let's pray. Father, we love your word. It's so clear. It's so helpful. It's not just an ancient text. It's a sacred text. It's holy and it transforms lives thousands of years later. We submit to it today. Teach us something that we've never heard before. By the power of your Holy Spirit, convict us, correct us, and challenge us today so that we can become more like you. More of you today in our hearts and less of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From now until Palm Sunday, we are going to be in this series, Waiting, Dating, and Mating. And I want to let you know, there. Uh, is something for everyone in this series. If you're single, this series is for you. 
If you're happily married, this series is for you. If you're unhappily married, this, season, this series is for you. If you're divorced and looking to remarry, this series is for you. If you're divorced and never wanting to marry again, this series is for you. If you're dating, this series is for you. If you're waiting, this series is for you. If you're engaged, this series is for you. Finally, if you're engaged but you haven't set a date on the calendar yet, this series is definitely for you. <laughs> and if it's complicated, this series is for you. It doesn't matter your age, stage, this series is for you. And we're going to not just be talking about romantic relationships, but we're going to be talking about all relational dynamics, family relationships, friends relationships, work relationships, and obviously uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife relationships. And so I, I want to challenge everyone that no matter what your relationship status is today, to be sure to take your cue from relationships from God's word. Now, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up with a biblical worldview. My parents instilled in me a biblical worldview. If you don't have a biblical worldview when it comes to relationships, you end up with a musical worldview when it comes to relationships. And you start listening to people like Brian McKnight. <clears throat> One, you're like a dream come true. Two... Just wanna be with you, three. Girl, it's plain to see. You're the only one for me. And four, repeat steps, one through three. Five, make you fall in love with me. If I am Emily, the work is done. Then I start back at one. Yeah, yeah. Some of you get your theology from Brian McKnight. Starts with lust and infatuation. You ain't even talked to her yet, and you're already thinking about doing stuff. You know, then if you don't like it, you just repeat steps one through three over and over and over again. Brian McKnight is not the key voice in your life for yeah, relationships. Come on, come on. You need a biblical worldview, not a musical worldview. All the older folks are like, yeah, this music these days, it's so trash. Well, let's go back a little bit to our... our our Lord and Savior, Elvis Presley. <laughs> Wise men say only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. Next verse, shall I stay? Would it be a sin? If I can't help falling in love with you. Come on. If wise men tell you to not rush in, don't rush in. <laughs> Elvis Presley is not the key voice for your relationships. Brian McKnight is not the key voice for your relationships. If you're going to listen to anyone, listen to the theologian, Taylor Swift. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I want to 
challenge you today to get a biblical worldview on becoming the person God's called you to be instead of chasing after the dreams the world tells you you need to chase. Looking internally at your relationship with God will be one of the best things you can do to improve your relationship with others. As a matter of fact, I wrote this in my notes, don't focus on finding the one, focus on becoming the one. Oh, Adam was working the land that God had given him before Eve ever showed up. Adam was in relationship with God before Eve ever showed up. He didn't say, once I get a girl, I'll start to work. Once I get a girl, I'll fix my relationship with God. No, he already had established himself as being made in the image of God prior to ever allowing someone into the picture. Mm. We can't focus on finding the one. We need to focus on becoming the one. And I want, to see, I want us to look at life before he met Eve. Adam is created. He's put in the garden. He's given a wife, Eve, and they eat the fruit and they sin. And sin enters the world and it all messed up. And here's the deal. I, I found that as I read through Genesis in the beginning of the year, the, the, there are four qualities that Adam had even before he met Eve that I think are really, really important. And the first one is this, before I find my person, I need to find my purpose. Let me say that one more time for those that are in the Regal White Oak movie theater still laughing at my singing voice. Before I find my person, I need to find my purpose. Pastor Michael and Mickey, would you join me on stage for an illustration? I think it's important because we uh, love the fun of discovering who we are going to be as young people. And uh, here, there is two things. Uh, we'll, leave that on the, we'll leave that right there for just a second. Uh, let's put our purpose right here. All right, this is, this, is, this is your purpose. Pastor Michael, I want you to stand about right here. And, and Mickey, come over this way. Now, for the sake of illustration today, Mickey is just young and looking for uh, her life's purpose. She's looking for uh, love. She's looking for uh, all the things in her life. And so she, she graduates high school and she's like, I'm gonna be a nail technician. And so she goes over here, she's like, I'm gonna be a nail technician. And then she's like, ah, I really don't like the smell of the chemicals in the nail technician. So actually I'm gonna go for hair school and I'm gonna go this way. And she's just looking for her purpose, right? She's like, ah, I really don't like hair school. I'm going to start my own business and uh, I'm going to start doing fashion, you know, whatever it is. And then she's, she's, all, she's, she's just going around and I'm going to go work at, at uh, I don't know, uh, what's a makeup store called that my wife, Ulta, Ulta, yeah, Sephora, yeah, 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 wherever all my money goes. And I'm just going to go here. And then all of a sudden at Ulta, because uh, Pastor Michael was looking for some new hair product, they run into each other and, and come here and, and run, they run into each other. And what happens is they, they're, there, she thought that she was going after her purpose, but she was actually just chasing cheap ideas. And she meets someone chasing cheap ideas, and then they start to chase cheap ideas together. So then they're like, okay, let's start a, a t-shirt brand, and let's start a joint Instagram account. And if our cat could get an Instagram account, then maybe we can make money on that. And then what they end up doing is they end up chasing, they're not chasing their purpose. They're chasing ideas because their purpose is actually founded in God. Yeah. And so what happens is one day, one of them wakes up in the morning 
And they're full of resentment because they met each other chasing ideas instead of meeting each other chasing their purpose. See, here's the deal. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And when you discover that purpose, what will happen is God's plans will discover you. So instead of chasing cheap ideas or cheap versions of everything you think God's called you to do, you need to uh, pursue purpose. So here's what happens. In, in a real good relationship, here's what will happen. Stand back here, Pastor Michael, where you were. And, and here's Mickey again. She's young. She's looking for her purpose. And just you're just going to keep, keep walking towards the purposes of God. Keep walking towards the purposes of God. And all oh, right there, stop right there. And Pastor Michael, you're going to walk towards the purposes of God. Keep walking towards the purposes of God. And then all of a sudden, they meet each other on their way to the purposes of God. And now you have a couple that is powerful on purpose. Instead of full of resentment for chasing ideas. And here's the deal. Stay right there. My ultimate purpose is what? To glorify God. In layman's terms, it's to serve God. Once you start pursuing your purpose... As a person, God will bring you someone else who's doing the same thing. Come on, give it up for our, our campus pastors, Pastors Michael and Mickey. Mm. Before I find my person, I need to find my purpose. So my ultimate purpose is to glorify God and serve him. That's a, that's a good illustration, actually. Worked out better in my head, but that was really good. Stop trying to discover your person and start discovering your purpose. Adam had his purpose before Eve came into the picture. He knew he was called to walk with the Lord and work the ground God had given him dominion over. Verse 16, and the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Number two, if you're going to be like Adam before the fall, before he met Eve, before I make a covenant, I need to make wise choices. <laughs> you want a number 10 wife when your car looks like it's about to fall apart. You want to step into covenant, but you, ain't even, you can't even step into your car. You need to make wise choices. You need to start with making wise choices in the small things. How in the world do you think God would trust you with, with a, 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 his own creation if he can't even trust you with the little money you do have in your bank account? I'm preaching way better than this church is shouting. But. God put two trees in the garden and Adam had to make wise choices. And you, my friends, and I, my friend, am the sum total of all of my choices. I am the sum total of all of my choices. Can God's grace cover bad choices? 1,000%. Did he send Jesus for his blood to do so? Absolutely. But if you are looking to step into covenant relationship with someone, you need to start making wise choices now. Luke 16.10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with very much. Do you know where integrity shows up the most? Small things. I got caught the other day. The superintendent of all the churches in North Carolina for the Assemblies of God, him and his wife had ridden together to a, a, some meetings that we had. And his wife wanted to leave early. 
And he looks to me during our lunch break and says, can I get a ride home with you? And this is the bishop of all the churches in North Carolina. And if you know what I drive, I drive a 2004 yep. Ford F-150. It came from Nebraska, so it's got a lot of rust in the, in the, in the bottom end of it. It's got 220,000 miles on it. And the bishop of all the North Carolina churches wants to ride in my hunting truck. So I did what every pastor would do in this situation, and I called our youth pastor, and I said, get yourself over here and take my car to the car wash right now. <laughs> Integrity shows up in the small things. And if God can't trust you with the small things, what makes you think he'll entrust you with a covenant right, thing, right. A, a, a covenant relationship? A serious matter like marriage requires stewardship of the small things. So I want to encourage you today, start making wise choices now because you don't need to wait until she shows up or until he shows up to start becoming wise. Become wise today and watch what happens when you establish that covenant. Make the wise choices now. Here's what I've realized, is that marriage doesn't change you, it magnifies who you already are. Remember, Adam was already good. He was already working. He was already in right standing with God. As a matter of fact, Eve was simply there to be a helper. Helper. Anytime you get married, er inserts into the relationship. Er gets established. Which means if you were strong when you get married, she'll make you stronger. <laughs> if, you were, if you were wise before you got married, you'll become wiser. All right. The, the opposite is true. If you were broke. Y'all are smart. She'll make you. <laughs> If you were lazy before, Lazier. she'll make you. Mm. <laughs> Marriage brings out your, or I have a lot more, but I'm going to try to be careful with what I say. <laughs> if you were, well, I'm not going to say it. If you were sad before you were married, make you sadder. Wow. You got to make wise choices now. When do I start making wise choices? Today. Today. All right, let's go to the third one, verse 19. Now the Lord God formed, had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man uh, to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Imagine that job. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and all the wild, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. As a matter of fact, this is the first time that Adam's name is referenced. He was called the man up until here, but something happened to this man. When he goes from man to Adam, he learns that he has a name. <laughs> He's out there naming all the animals, but he hasn't been named yet. He's out there like, all right, let's go with the easy one, dog. All right, thousands of years later, let's go with a difficult one that no one will ever be able to spell hippopotamus, you know? Then he got, you know, tired at the end of the day. It's like so many of these birds come. He's like, black bird, bird blue bird. 
And then a cat walks in, and he's like, God, did you make that? God's like, what's that? I didn't make that. I say that joke too many times. It's a really good joke, though. Adam finally learned his identity, which is found in verse 20. So the third thing we need to realize before he met Eve, before I seek out intimacy, I need to seek out my identity. I'm preaching way better than this church is shouting today. He doesn't need a person to receive his name. (laughs) You can be totally complete and made whole without someone else. Oh, I'm preaching now. You do not need someone else to complete your identity in Christ. As a matter of fact, I would say if you can find who you are in Christ, then it will be way better for you in the long run. Let me just speak to the men for just a moment. Men, you don't need a woman to be a successful man. No need to keep a scorecard as to how, how many and how much and how long and this and that and your game and this. That is not of God and that is not who you really are. You are Adam before Eve ever showed up. Hmm. You need to spend time with God, figure out who he's called you to be, get a job, get some identity, put some money in the bank, put some money in the bank. I knew who I was before I met my wife and I was only 19 years old. I even asked my wife this question last night. I said, do you think, because we met, we met at at, at 14 and we were married at 19. And I said, do you think we had uh, solidified our identity in Christ before we were married? And she said, 1,000%, I knew I was called by God before I ever met you. It is imperative, people, to secure your identity before you seek out intimacy. If you're chasing intimacy but you don't have identity, it's going to be a cyclical pattern that will constantly disappoint you. And you'll end up giving yourself away to people who don't love you and don't care about you. And you'll end up just holding the weight. I'm preaching way better than this church is shout. I know it's early, but golly, that's good preaching. You don't need a woman to be a successful man. Sleeping around doesn't make you a man. Finding your true identity and who God's called you to be, that's what makes you a man. All right, ladies, let me just pastor you for just a brief moment. I I feel way more comfortable pastoring the men, but let me just say one quick thing before the heels come flying. Um, Women, you don't need a man to be a secure and confident woman. I thought for sure somebody would get the Holy Ghost. You don't need a man to be a secure and confident woman. Genesis 2.22, then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And look look at this. If you read the Bible slowly, you'll catch the nuance that is so important. And he brought her to the man. Now, when I grew up, I had there a picture Bible and Adam and Eve just magically popped up out of the ground, you know? Adam fell asleep, and then, boom, Eve was right there in front of him. But according to Genesis 2.22, Eve saw God before she saw Adam. She was with God before she was ever with him. God saw you, and you see him, and then before any man sees you, God has already seen you. Before any man tries to 
slide into those DMs, God's already seen you. If you want to live a life with the blessing that comes from being created individually and confidently by God, then you need to understand, I see him before I see them. That's good preaching, Pastor. Mm. I wish I had some people who would find their number one identity, not in what your mama said about you or what your daddy said about you or what some guy or girl on Instagram says about you, but what God has said about you. Both Adam and both Eve had had relationships with God before they ever met each other. All right, here's the last one. So the Lord God caused the man and fall to, to a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. As the piano player comes at all of our locations, number four, here's what Adam had before he had Eve. Before I pursue a relationship, I pursue rest. <laughs> Adam found the one that God had for him when he stopped working and started resting in God. So you get a job, you work, and then you become confident enough and secure enough in who God called you to be that you can remain seated in the rest of the Lord. You can remain seated and confident in who you are in Christ, where you're not hurried or rushed to get into a relationship that won't last long and won't yield good fruit. Instead, you remain rested. Stop striving and start abiding in God. Start trying to force these relationships. Well, if I just update my profile to say this, and if I just do this, and if I, if I get, I mean, some of y'all, the picture that you use on the app and your real life person is so different. Just rest, relax, be yourself. If you're seated and secure, you can also be single and secure. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Some of you are so anxious about your relationship status that you haven't slept well in years. Wow. You go to bed scrolling. You wake up scrolling. Remain rested in God. And when he can trust you to Sabbath well, when he can trust you to rest well, then one day you'll fall into such deep rest with the Lord that he'll be able to pull a helper out for you. Before I pursue relationship, I must pursue rest. I don't know about you, but I want to be rested in who I am. The Lord has really been challenging me lately as I've um, taken on the responsibility of uh, pastoring my father's church while he recovers from illness. And um, it can get really anxious when you have to do this in two different arenas. You know, I go, I preach here, and then I run as quickly as I can over to Durham to preach at a bilingual Spanish church. It's, uh, it's very traditional. I have to change clothes. I, I couldn't wear this sweatshirt. They, they, they would not let me in the sanctuary of the Lord, our God, who is Jehovah Jireh. Cristo vive, el Señor. And what I realized yesterday, I was driving home from uh, meeting with some of their leaders, and I just said, God, I am just seated in your presence. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. I'm rested. And when you're rested in God, he can do great and mighty things through your life. Some of you are just too anxious in your relationship. You're, tr you're pursuing left, right, center, all these things. Stop. Just remain rested in Jesus' name.
This is what I wrote in my notes as I close. Until I am satisfied in God, I will never try, I will never find true satisfaction in anything else. This is for everyone today. This isn't just relationship advice. This is life advice. Just remain seated. Remain rested. Remain confident and holy in who God's called you to be. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. You don't have to be somebody that the world tells you you have to be. Most people who jump from relationship, relationship do so because they are not satisfied, first of all, in God. I wrote this last statement. I don't need them. I need him. I don't need them. I need him. Can we thank God for his word today? I, I trust that God is going to do a deep work in your heart this morning. So at all of our locations, with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one leaving or moving, now is, is not the time. We still have to receive the offering in a few moments. So please don't get up or leave. And I just think that there are some people who don't have their identity secured because they've never been saved. They do not know who Jesus Christ is. And I just want to pray with you today. I'm not gonna call you out or embarrass you, but I do wanna give you a chance, an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which is the first step to many on becoming the one instead of finding the one. If you are apart from God, you are far from God and do not have a relationship with him at all of our locations during all of our experiences today, you have an opportunity to receive from God what he gave to you, which was his only son, Jesus, who died on the cross for your sins, my sins, past, present, and future. We must acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the way that we do that around here is very simple. We just want to acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior by raising our hand. So if you've never done that before, and this would be the first time that you've ever given your life to Christ, that you say, I acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I submit to his lordship. I submit to his authority. I'm actually surrendering my life to Jesus Christ today. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask that you would shoot your hand up in the air when I say three, if you are ready to receive the greatest gift of salvation, which is salvation that you've ever received in your entire life. Nothing on this earth can satisfy. The best decision you'll ever make is the decision you'll make today. If that's you at all of our locations, one, you say, Pastor Mike, that's me. I feel far from God. I do not know him. I do not have a relationship with him. You don't know my story, but... My situation would say, I need a savior. If you need a savior today, you came to the right place too. I want you to shoot your hand up and acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior for the very first time. One, two, three, just shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up, leave it up, leave it up. We're gonna bring to you a card, praise God. Praise God, anyone else at all of our locations, just shoot it up. Leave it high enough so that our, our workers can see it. We're just bringing you a little card. It's just a simple card and I'll explain in just a moment. But hell is being plundered right now. Heaven is being populated. People are being snatched from eternal damnation in hell and being, being seated with God. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest. Thank you, God, for salvation at all of our locations. One of the things that we love to do is we love to welcome you to the family of God. And we do that by praying a prayer all together. So at all of our locations, with everyone at the sound of my voice, especially if you just raised your hand, but even those who have already made this decision, would you repeat uh, this prayer after me? Say, Father God. Come on, say it with, with some confidence. Father God, thank you for saving me. I acknowledge your Lordship. I repent 
of my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. At all of our locations, let's clap our hands and let's thank God for that. Amen. If you just received one of those cards, I'd love for you to look at the QR code in the back. You can scan it. I've put together a few videos for you to watch this week, just trying to get started on your relationship. Also, we have a prayer team and a life change banner at every location. We want to put a Bible in your hand and we want to say welcome to the family of God. Again, thank you so much for making that decision. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your entire life. You had to make it for yourself, but you don't have to make it by yourself now. And we'd love to pray for you today at our life change banner. Our prayer team will be available for you today. One more time, let's welcome all of our friends to the family of God. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and hey, while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.